I have a riddle for you. What's the sound of one hand clapping? Piece of cake. No, Bart. It's a 3,000-year-old riddle with no answer. It's supposed to clear your mind of conscious thought. No answer? Lisa, listen up. Ugh, let's try another one. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a sound? Absolutely. But Bart, how can sound exist if there's no one there to hear it? Ooh, it is time. This episode, you're going to need to follow along with Lisa and open your mind to some big philosophical concepts. One theory in particular that even if proven to be true, changes absolutely everything we've ever thought. The building blocks of who we are, where we come from, and why we're here would all be completely flipped on their head. In this episode, we talk with some of the brightest minds and hear the case for and against the simulation theory. Are we living in the matrix? Is everything we see an illusion, created merely by a godlike force that looks down on us like pawns on a chessboard? We talk What If with Joe Rogan. Could you imagine... If we're really living in some, like, what was that Jim Carrey movie? Truman Show. Truman Show, yes. If we're really living in some bizarre simulation and we are in a dome. And then we ask Elon Musk, is this just a theory? I find as as I get older, I find that question to be maybe more and more confusing or troubling or uncertain. And to answer this once and for all, we have Future Sandwich favourites Nick Hodges and Steve Sammartino going head-to-head in the debate to end all debates. Hodges will win. I would never go up against Hodges. <laughs> He's a very smart man, mate. I would, I would not for one minute ever think I could fucking beat Hodges in a debate. I am... Um, OK, I've, I've spent not a lot of time thinking about this. The reason I've spent not a lot of time thinking about this is because it's fundamentally stupid to think about. And I, for the longest time, just thought that this was hocus pocus. But I sat down and I read the paper from Bostrom and I thought about it and I watched every video. Actually, in the last few weeks, I watched every video that I could get my hands on on this and I just mathematically came to the conclusion that it is most probable that we are in a simulation. I am Tommy McCubbin, creative director, dad and podcaster. And this is Future Sandwich Episode 14, Simulation Theory. The episode that will give you all the ammo you need to either prop up or take down the theory that we're living in the Matrix. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Do you know what I'm talking about? Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? Man, the hardest truth is that that film is almost 19 years old, and it still stands up.
Seriously though, what if all this was a massive experiment in which we are the guinea pigs? Joe Rogan and his co-host, Brian Redband, asked the question. Could you imagine if we're really living in some, like, what was that Jim Carrey movie? Truman Show. Truman Show, yes. If we're really living in some bizarre simulation and we are in a dome and we've been just tricked with some fake numbers and science and images. I continue to think that more and more <laughs> to the point where that's my religion, where people, or that's my flat earth. To the, it's getting so weird the older you get how much I believe in that kind of shit now. Like a simulation Simulation type stuff. Thing? I think yeah. there's probably, I think we probably have a deeper connection that we can't measure. And that's one of the reasons why it seems like things could be fake. I think we have a connection that's changing, too. I think our connection with our reality, not just because of information and technology that allows you to call each other and stuff like that. I think the information that we're getting is, is allowing us to like almost like go through the world in a different way. And things are syncing up more and more with a lot of people. I, I, I hear that all the time. It sounds like total horseshit, though. But I wonder, how, I mean, like, what is the placebo effect, right? What is that? Tricking your brain into something that's not there, right? Yeah, well, you trick your body into it, thinking that it took medicine and your right. body heals itself, right? Mm -hmm. What the fuck is that? So there's some tricks. There's some tricks. You know, it doesn't even happen other with like medicine. You get music and wearing certain oh, yeah. uniforms like get you pumped up totally. for sports and shit. Totally. So, like, the music's a perfect example, right? Yeah. yeah. There's songs that there's songs that I hear when I'm working out and I fucking work out harder. Mm. Like they give me like more fucking more pep, more energy. And then there's a lot of fucking movies that do that too, right? Like I saw Rocky when I was a little kid. I ran around the block. I drank raw eggs. I did the whole thing <laughs> because I was just like was so pumped up. That movie literally gives you energy. I think every kid dr ate raw eggs when that movie came out. Fuck I remember yeah. doing it with Fuck my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then there's glitches in the simulation, like, you know, like deja vu. And then like, or when you're walking down a sidewalk and you know how you just walk, people walk next to you, like no big thing. But then there's that one guy where you try to go left, he's going left, you're going right. And mm. you're just like, why, why didn't right. we just sync up here? Like, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> yeah, it's random, the randomness of it all, yeah. man. It makes sense Joe Rogan thinks this. But when you hear arguably the world's biggest thinker, Elon Musk, talk about it, you have to start to pay attention. What goes through the billionaire's head when he ponders, are we in a simulation? I find as, as I get older, I find that question to be maybe more and more confusing or troubling or uncertain. Um, I think particularly when you see the advancement of something like video games. You know, like say 40 years ago, you had video games. The most advanced video game would be like, like Pong, where you had like two rectangles and a, and a dot. You're like batting it back and forth. I played it. Oh yeah, like me too, exactly. I That's played all. <laughs> exactly, it sort of dates you a little bit. But yeah, we, we both played the same game. Um, and that was like, wow, that was a pretty fun game at the time. Um, but now you can see a video game that's uh, photorealistic, almost photorealistic, and millions of people playing simultaneously. And, um, and you see where things are going with virtual reality. Um, and augmented reality, and if you extrapolate that out into the future with any rate of progress at all, like even 0.1% uh, or something like that uh, a year, 
then eventually those games will be indistinguishable from reality. They'll be so realistic, you will not be able to tell the difference between that game and the reality as we know it. Um, and then it seems like, well, how do we know that that didn't happen in the past and that we're not in one of those games ourselves? At this point, you're probably questioning what you originally thought. Let's dive into our debate and give a strong case for and against. I'm excited. This is the first official debate on Future Sandwich. Do we live in a simulation? Kicking us off is Hodges with the argument against. And then to counter, we roll into Samatino, who will argue why we shouldn't brush this off as just the theory. I am... Um, OK, I've, I've spent not a lot of time thinking about this. The reason I've spent not a lot of time thinking about this is because it's fundamentally stupid to think about. <laughs> okay, so... You need to um, Samatino. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, all right. <laughs> Sim theory. Um, I'm going to... Uh, okay, there's a couple... Uh, there's a couple different versions of Sim theory, obviously. Probably the two most interesting people that are talking about it right now. It's pretty harsh when you leave Elon Musk out of a most interesting people list, but I'm going to leave him out because his commentary is a bit useless. Um, Nick Bostrom um, and Robin Hanson are probably the two people that are talking in different ways about this idea of simulation theory. Um, uh, Robin Hanson is, um, has some pretty extreme views. Um, if people want a book to read, his book, The Age of M, is... is just super interesting. Um, I think it's also probably massively wrong, but then he's several orders of magnitude smarter than I am, so maybe he's right. Um, and, you know, his view is this um, almost Kurzweilian sort of let's upload our brains and the world will be beautiful and shiny. Um, and then Nick Bostrom on the other side, um, sort of the current biggest pusher of the AI paperclip theory that we're all going to get turned into paperclips. Um, you know, his other thing that he's been talking about for a while is, is this idea of simulations. And I, I think he, um, he sort of formulated the definition in a way that um, I, I don't think he invented, but he, it, it articulates it really well, which, which is firstly um, that if, if, if we live in a civilization or if there is a civilization that, um, that, that has been able to advance, or let's put it another way. Let's start again. So, so the, way that, um, the way that you can argue that we're not in a simulation, I guess, is to say, okay, um, we're not in a simulation if a civilization does not advance their technology enough to the point where they can create a convincing simulation. So if we can't get to the point where we can create a convincing simulation as a civilization, then, um, the, the, then we're never going to be able to create a simulation. So in that case, we're probably not living in one. Second option is uh, we or another civilization did get to a point of creating simulation, um, but couldn't be bothered. Or, 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 or essentially just didn't create one for whatever reason, in which case we're not living in a simulation. Uh, the, the, the third option is that a civilization does advance to the point where they can create a simulation and they want to, in which case um, the odds are, um, given at that point you would have to be a civilization that could harness fundamentally huge amounts of energy, so energy wouldn't be a constraint, therefore you would therefore deploy what would be 
orders of magnitudes of tens of millions of simulations for whatever reason. Um, therefore, the odds become that, you know, billions to one that, that we are living in a simulation. Um, so that's, the, that's sort of the, that's the explanation I like the best. Uh, I, I think it's fundamentally stupid to waste energy thinking about. Um, and that's for a couple of reasons. One um, is, is, is what annoys me a lot about technology and specifically sort of, you know, Silicon Valley philosophy these days, which is it, it has this huge amount of deterministic hubris that everything can be solved by code. And so therefore they, they, they take it as a given that we will continue to advance in our understanding of the world and our ability to deploy technology on this exponential curve to the point where of course we're going to be able to get to the point where we can create a convincing simulation that, that, that maps you know, all the neurons of the brain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I find that just an infuriating position because it's stupid. Um, and it, it's stupid because of the fact that I can't take an ant and I, th th there's nothing I can do to an ant that will ever make it as smart as a dog. And there's nothing I can do to a dog that will ever make it as smart as a human. So that, this sort of deterministic hubris has completely ignores the fact that there is a ceiling on intelligence. And there is absolutely a ceiling on human intelligence, and that ceiling is so far below the ability for us to make, or to, to understand everything about the world to the point where we can make a 100% convincing simulation. So if we're living in a simulation, we, we're not necessarily living in a simulation of the world in which we came from either, but we're at least clever enough to be able to create a full world of physical laws, quantum laws, all these things that we're able to simulate. and that. If humans created that, is, is this huge amount of hubris about where the ceiling of our intelligence is. So because you have to admit, and you can't convincingly tell me that humans have an unlimited ceiling of their intelligence, for that reason, humans will never create simulations in which we are now living. So there's the first reason not to waste energy thinking about it. There's a, there's, an, there's a very clear argument to that, which is, aha, but what if it wasn't humans? Because we have to assume that there is intelligent life form that's developed somewhere in the universe because life is simply a game of coin tosses. So let's say there is a civilization that have a ceiling of intelligence that is above the point at which you can create a simulation. Why then did they create the simulation that we're in and why are they not in it? Because if you're going to create a simulation reasonably, you're not running it for shits and giggles. There's nobody watching us right now. If they are, it's pretty boring. Um, so if, if there's an intelligence that was so smart that's not us, that they could create a simulation, they've created one and we're in it, and they're not in it. Why have they done that? Seems really pointless. It's a really boring television show. And if, if, you, don't, if, if you find that um, argument unconvincing, then, then there's, I, I think it's... I think it should be convincing because the reason right now that we're building a lot of simulations is to create as real a world scenarios as possible to start training computers around things like driving and things like that. So you can use something like a tweaked version of Gran Turismo to go and train self-driving cars and you can do millions of miles because you can run them super fast and have to be running in real time. Um, there's, a, there's a company in the UK called Improbable that essentially builds computer games to run simulations in for artificial intelligence. 
Um, and, and so the way that we're currently building simulations um, are ones that reflect our world because the reason we're running the simulations is to learn things about our world in faster than real time. So if it's not us that created the simulation and it's somebody else, there's absolutely no logical explanation for the fact that they create a simulation that we're not actually in. So there's that. There's, there's the, the, the other is just not worth thinking about is because no one can prove that we're in the simulation. And until somebody can convincingly prove that we're in the simulation, everything that you're talking about is a religion. And so that's a complete waste of our time. Um, and, and then the final part, of part about why it doesn't matter, once you get through all of those points is, unless you fundamentally think that this simulation is somehow tilted against you, it's, it's somehow wronging you, or perhaps that it's somehow in your favour and making the world great for you, it doesn't matter. Your perception is your reality. The world is a hallucination anyway. Don't get too caught up in whether it's a computer hallucination or an organic hallucination. The fact is, the world is a hallucination. Just get on with living it. And, and that's my argument for not caring about simulations, which I realise sort of indicates that I have thought a bit about it, but I refuse to think any more about it, and that's the last time I'll ever speak of it. And now let's pass over to Steve Sammartino to argue his case for us living in a simulation. You ready? Okay, so simulation theory, it's been around a while, but there was an important paper released by philosopher Nick Bostrom. I think it was 2003. And he said that, if you think about our possible existence, there's three possibilities, right? He called it the trilemma. The first possibility is that an advanced civilization such as ours never gets to a point where we have enough technology to create a no noticeable difference or real style simulation, right? That either some calamitous event happens, a nuclear war or environmental instability, and we don't get there for whatever reason. Right? So that's one possibility. But that's unlikely. And the reason that that's unlikely is if you look 70 years ago, we had no computers. And then the first video games that we had was Pong and Space Invaders, which were quite rudimentary. And now we have photorealistic simulations you know, body immersive, haptic suits where people are too scared to walk in a room because they think they're walking off a cliff and that's how it feels, right? If you look at the projection of how quick it's improving, it's reasonable to say we'll either have a full haptic suit or maybe even be able to plug ourselves in with a neural lace that Elon Musk is trying to build. And you could have, in real terms, a simulation where you can't tell the difference, right? That's foreseeable and possible, as long as there's no Trump nuke situation in North Korea, right? So that's one possibility, but it's improbable. You would say it's highly unlikely that that would happen. The second probability is that we wouldn't run simulations if we had the capacity. This is scenario number two, right? And we might not do that. Why might we not do that? The first reason is, well, it's cruel. Because if you don't know the difference in the simulation between that and reality, and you put people in it, that would be cruel. And if there's simulated beings inside it and they don't know they're not simulated, that's also cruel or that we wouldn't be interested in simulations, or that um, we need the computing power, or we're busy doing other things and we just decide not to. Now that's also unlikely. And the reason that's, that's unlikely is that humans are already incredibly cruel, right? We already see cruelty all around the world for people that we believe are real, they might not be, but let's, let's say for now that they're real. 
and or the computing power, I can't see that as being a problem. And the other one is um, we wouldn't be interested in running simulations. Well, we run simulations today all the time on everything from building buildings or what our new house and renovation is going to look like or how to learn to fly a plane or multi-level, um, multiplayer, massive games around the world. We do that as well. So that's unlikely. And the third possibility is that, A, we can do it and that we've done it. And if that's true, there's only one place that is possible reality and billions of possible simulations, right? So based on the maths, there's billions of possible simulations and only one possible reality. So mathematically speaking, we must be in a simulation. And I, for the longest time, just thought that this was hocus pocus, but I sat down and I read the paper from Bostrom and I thought about it and I watched every video actually in the last few weeks. I watched every video that I could get my hands on on this and I just mathematically came to the conclusion that it is most probable that we are in a simulation. Now, then I thought a little bit deeper. If we are in a simulation, if we're not in a simulation, it doesn't make any difference. What's the difference? A simulation would have a set of rules, a set of expectations, a set of emotions, um, a way we behave, you know, fear of doing certain things right and wrong and you're playing a game and people say, life is a game and if this is a game well, what's the difference who cares i'm just going to live my life as if it wasn't a simulation or even as if it what difference does it make i certainly won't throw myself off a cliff to see if i come out of the simulation i certainly won't do that but i don't see the difference in the real world and for me that that's the important one but then if you go at a higher level again then you say to yourself the big bang and the universe as we know it there always has to be something on the outside of that which exists. There is no end to anything. It's impossible for there to be an end to anything because on the outside of any container is the outside of the container which must be something. Right? Maybe this is my limited human mind. So that has to be a simulation. So even if the universe is a thing, that's in some form a simulation with rules within physics in any case. So if, if this wasn't a simulation, then the universe is in some capacity a simulation as well or the multiverse. So it kind of doesn't matter anyway. The other thing that's interesting with the simulation for the people who are religious or have um, certain faiths, it's good. It's good news, right? It means there's a higher being. So I'm, I'm pretty convinced that we are, but I don't think it changes anything at all. It's like, okay, shrug your shoulders. What are we doing tonight? Strong case, though. It, that, I mean, that's, that's the case as it is because, I mean, I don't... Okay, so I'll say this much. I don't believe that I'm in a simulation in the way that if you just ask me as a person in my flesh, or it doesn't feel like I'm in one. And I don't believe that I'm in one emotionally. Right? Almost, it's almost like I have to split myself as a person. If you ask me as an emotional person, do I really believe I'm in a simulation? My real answer is no. But if you ask me based on the argument, am I in a simulation? The answer is yes. So I kind of... It's almost like a split decision on this. Emotionally, I don't think I am. And I'm hoping that we're the first ever civilization to get close to a technological capacity where we could create one. And we're not there yet, right? Uh, but rationally, if you look at the arguments and go through the, the trilemma, it's almost impossible to deny if you uh, even have a modicum of understanding of mathematics. Do you kind of write it off as something that, is, at the end of the day, it's always going to be a theory? 
That's right, yeah, because you can't prove it. So it actually, you know what, it's an improvable theory, and that's why it's so close to religion. It almost becomes close to religion. And if you think about um, what Harari's saying with Homo Deus and the data religion, um, that data is becoming a religion and algorithms, in some ways there's no delineation between them, and so it's going to be an argument that we can never solve while, we're, while we don't think we can solve while we're living on the earth as we are. So in a way it becomes a distraction from the real problems within our real life or our simulated life. Either way, we've got real problems that we need to deal with. I'm sorry if this has left you with more questions than answers, but that's it. There is no answer to the question. There is a frightening case for it being a slight possibility, even if it is one in a billion's chance. For what it's worth, it's fun to think about. And yes, if the one in a trillion chance of life as we know it can happen, then I believe anything is possible, including us living in a simulation. And I'm sorry I can't leave you with more than that. But if you would like to fall deeper down the rabbit hole, there are links to all the videos referenced and more in the show notes at futuresandwich.com. Thank you, Lisa Simpson, for coaxing our minds open and then Morpheus for offering us the red pill. And Joe Rogan, thank you. You certainly did take the red pill, so big thanks to you. Elon, it was great to have you on. You never cease to amaze me at your sheer genius, nerdiness and dry humour. And the two battlers, Nick Hodges, as always, your wisdom is next level. You can find more wisdom at blonde3.com or follow at Nick Hodges, that's N-I-C-H-O-D-G-E-S. Sammer, thank you for always being there to put shit in perspective. Catch and connect with Sammer at stevesamatino.com. And as always, thanks to Maddie Thompson for editing this like a boss. So Future Sandwich Live is happening again at BuzzConf, Friday 1st of December. It's been described as Bushdorf meets South by Southwest, so of course we'll be part of it. We're opening on Friday night, so get your ticket and I'll see you down by the bonfire. You can get a discount on your ticket by using code SPECIAL underscore FUTURE SANDWICH at the checkout. Also, Future Sandwich Live will be happening at PauseFest in February. Stay tuned for more on that. Tickets are on sale now at pausefest.com.au. And remember to follow Future Sandwich on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And give me a shout on Twitter at T McCubbin. Always keen to get your feedback on the show and where we take it next. And that's me, over and out. 